0: Hey, welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so excited that you joined us today. And uh, if you've joined us today, it's going to look a little bit different. We've been going through a series called At The Movies, and because of copyright laws, we aren't able to share our sermons and our messages from At The Movies on podcasts or online. So we're having to show some reruns here on the podcast. So we're not going to leave you empty-handed. In fact, we have a special guest today that's going to share a message with you that could not be more applicable today. I mean, it is crazy uh, the world we find ourselves in. And so Pastor Miles McPherson is going to show us uh, how we can agree with each other and how we can come together in a world that's so divided. So enjoy this time and listen to Pastor Miles McPherson as we team up with him and Christ Fellowship, our church that we were part of for so long. He's going to share a message with you called The Third option. I hope you enjoy it. And next week, we're back to normal. I'm so excited. Come join us at 10 o'clock at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We can't wait to see you.
1: We live in an us versus them culture. Everyone say us. Us. Say them. them. You are either us or them to somebody. Whether it be ethnically whether it be politically, you're Republican or Democrat, whether you're for or against the police, whether you watch CNN or Fox, whether it's black or white, for or against immigrants, whatever it is, the devil tries to divide us by creating an us versus them culture. Everyone say us. Us. Say them. Them. And, And the devil is the perpetrator. He is the enemy. You have to understand people are not the enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So the devil's the enemy, it's a spiritual battle. So everyone say us, us. say them. Yes. The devil's gonna give you one of those two options. The third option is that we honor, place value on what we have in common. We have more things in common than our differences. We all have bones, muscles. Brains, supposedly, we have <laughs> red blood, we breathe air, we have a lung, we have hearts, we all love our pillow. Can I, can I get an amen? If you love your pillow, say amen. 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 I, I love my wife and I love my pillow, like right there. <laughs> we all want to have relationships, we all want to have a nice house, nice car, we all want to have a family, and we are all made in the image of the same God. The image of the same God, the image of God in me is not inferior or superior to you, to the image of God in you because God is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. It also means he's the same over there as he is over there. He's the same in 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 the high rent district and the low rent district, God is the same everywhere. And so we have all these things in common, yet the devil would say, forget all that. I want you to look at one thing that's different. And that one thing is going to cause division. God is about one. Jesus said, pray that we would be what? Very good, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are. <laughs> One is the number of unity. Two is the number of division. The devil's all about us versus them. I want to talk to you about the third option, that we honor what we have in common. Let me give some background on my nice tan skin and my smooth hair and my almost Spanish. <laughs> he black, are he Puerto Rican, are he Cuban or whatever. I have four grandparents from Jamaica. I have a half Chinese, black, Jamaica, okay, Jamaica. You're from Kingston. <laughs> Y'all got all kinds of people down here in Florida. <laughs> all kinds. <laughs> um, Kim Fong, Wong, Wong Kim Fong. Wong Kim Fong came from China and had jungle fever, started messing around with black women in Jamaica. True story. Wong Kim Fong. His real his name, his American name was Charlie. I don't know where you get Charlie from. <laughs> I'm just saying. This <laughs> is a picture of my grandmother. This is my, this is my grandmother. She uh she's cute, huh? Don't be looking at my grandmother like that. <laughs> so my grandmother, her, her husband, was sm- the smoothest guy in I ever met in my life is her husband. I think we have a picture of my. Gr- I know we do. That's a smooth brother right there. Come on now, come on. That's brother. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Give me some of that. Give me some of that. I have another grandmother. I have another grandmother who is white, and her grandparents, her parents, moved her from Jamaica to Jamaica Queens, New York, so she wouldn't marry a black Jamaican. What's in Jamaica, Queens? (laughs) Black Jamaicans. This brother was from Jamaica, living in Jamaica, Queens. So he was double chocolate and he met her. When he would go over our house, he couldn't go in the front door. He had to go around the back door because they did not want her to marry a black Jamaican. When they got married, they disowned her. They lived 15 minutes from us. I never knew they existed. Didn't know where they lived. Never met them. So my family was the United Nations. I grew up in a black neighborhood. Went to school for eight years in a white neighborhood. I got harassed in the white neighborhood because I wasn't white. I got harassed in the black neighborhood because I wasn't black enough. But yet, when I went home, we all got along. And when I went to football practice, we all got along. Everyone say us, Us. say them. I want to read a story to you from Joshua chapter five. It is an us versus them culture. Because a question. Because when I was growing up, experiencing all the racism of the sixties, I was born in 1960. This has been on my heart since I was a little kid because we saw it. We didn't live together. The kids in my school in the white neighborhood where I went which was one mile away. They could not come to my neighborhood. They couldn't come over Ocean Avenue. It was, it was they, 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 you don't go down there. And when we went up there, we had to run out. <laughs> in this story, Joshua is going to lead the Israelites into the Promised Land, and when he released the Israelites into the Promised Land, he's going to be confronted by the command of the army of the Lord. And he's going to ask the command of the army of the, uh, uh, the command of the Lord's army an us versus them question and look what he says he says in verse 13 he says, "It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went to him and said, "Are you for us and' say us or our adversaries say adversaries oh, if you're not on my side, you're my enemy if you're not." For the police, you must be against us because I'm for the police. You're you're the enemy. You're either for or against the immigrants. You're the for black or against black. You're either Democrat or Republican. And by the way, once you believe, once you're on one side, the other side is the enemy. And you can't agree with the other side because then you become a sellout. Look what's happening on television. You can't have an opinion of your own. Once you are on one side, you have to by by default believe everything everything that side says, no matter what that side is, no matter what it is. Now, let me tell you something. Am I a of police? My, my dad was a cop thirty years in New York City. Now, you know what he did as a cop? He arrested cops. So how do you figure that? Was he a good cop, bad cop? You know what? Cops are people. They have a hard job. My son is a cop in San Diego, eight years. I love the police. I support the police. We do police funerals. They're people. And so we as a church need to rise above this us versus them question culture because we don't live in, we don't live, we're not citizens of this earth, we're citizens of heaven. But look what it says. Look what it says. He says in the commander of the army, Lord, are you for us or our adversaries? Don't think because someone doesn't agree with you that they're your enemy. Don't think because someone doesn't agree with you that they're wrong. That's the the devil's mentality. I got to be right. That's pride. He says, so he says to the commander of the army of the Lord, listen, now, Joshua is leading God's people into the promised land that God told him to get. He's doing a good thing. Can I get amen? Amen. So this dude standing there, probably my height, ripped like me, that's about that with the sword in his hand. And he goes, he goes, are you for us, our adversaries? And look what he says. He says, no. Joshua's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Hold up, hold up, hold It's Hebrew for wait a minute. <laughs> Trying to get you into the word. You know what I'm saying? Read the word. He says, are you for us or adversaries? And the commander says, no. No. I used to ask my kids, hey, you want a hot dog or hamburger? No. <laughs> it's either one or the other. And here's what he said. You only gave me two options. I don't like either one of them. But aren't we your people? Yeah, but I'm not here for you. You think God came here for you? You think God serves you? You think God's your good luck, John? You got it all wrong. We serve him. So here's what he says. He says, Joshua, he says, Joshua, this is, this is, Joshua's probably thinking, I'm the man, y'all. I'm, I'm God's man. I saw Moses do all this stuff. Moses anointed me. I'm the man. Yo, man, you on outside? outside? He goes, nope. You ain't all that. I know Moses. Moses, I just... I just gave Moses his house. I'm good with Moses. (laughs) I just brought him to the kingdom. So let me tell you what's going on. He goes, no, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua fell on his face and worshiped and says, what does the Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said, take your shoes off, homie, because this is holy ground. (laughs) Listen, when you, when you, in the Old Testament, when you walk someplace, you would claim the land by walking on it, and then when you sold it, you would give someone your shoe. He said, Joshua, this land you walk on ain't yours. This whole promised land thing ain't yours. And by the way, right here where we're standing, this is, if you go to London or anywhere outside the country, and you're walking around, whatever, it don't matter where you go. But if you go there, and you are walking around that city, and all of a sudden you come on, to the door of the U.S. Embassy and you open the door to the U.S. Embassy, the gate, and you walk onto the property of the U.S. Embassy, you are no longer in that country. You are now in that country and you abide by those laws. When he told him, he said, Joshua, you ain't in the promised land right now, you're in heaven, so take your shoes off. And by the way, I don't do things like you do on earth here. We got different rules, so if we're going to do this promised land thing, if we're going to do this unity thing, we got to do it my way, heaven's way. So He said, take your shoes off, we got to rethink this. It ain't going to be a little bow and arrow thing. We're going to do this miraculously. Um, there's a term that sociologists use to describe how we segregate ourselves. It's called grouping. Everyone say grouping. grouping. We are all in multiple groups. All the ladies in here are a group. All the ladies say, hi. Hey. Hey. That's a group. That's a, that, that group is so sweet. That's a really good group. Okay, I'm not in that group, but it's a group. If you're a mother, say, hi. Hey. That's a real tired group, okay? They're the happiest people in the room because their kids ain't here with them. <laughs> I told you, I told you. Okay, so you got women, you got all kind of women groups. You got single women, you got, you got moms, you got grandmoms, you got all kind of, you know, manager women, you know, employee women, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, women with money, women with short hair, long hair, women with teeth, women with no teeth. So you got all kind of women, okay? <laughs> Then you got men that are in multiple groups. Then you got couples, married couples, dating couples, engaged couples. We're all in multiple groups. Y'all get the point. Every group that you're in is your in-group. Women are a group, I'm part of the out-group of women. I'm not a woman, okay? And so every group you're in is part of your in-group. You're in multiple groups. And when you, whatever group that you are part of, that's your in-group, you understand the variations of that group. For example, three women moms were talking about motherhood and this young girl came up, she just got pregnant, she's 25, she just got pregnant and she comes up and said, oh, I can't, I'm so pregnant, I can't wait to have a baby, I just found out I'm pregnant, it's gonna be so good, I'm, like, I'm just gonna get big and it's gonna be so much fun, the nine months of just bliss and then my, I'm gonna have a baby, I'm gonna do her hair and then we're gonna have, we're gonna play dates and those mothers are going, you have no idea. You ain't gonna have fun for 18 years. What's that fool talking about? We see pictures of my wife, we see pictures of my wife, her glasses were this big, her hair was going all kind of northeast, southwest. And we say, that was the 90s when we had all our kids. She didn't shower for like five years. And it was, it was messed up. But because she's not yet a mother, she doesn't understand the, group, the, 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 the the she doesn't understand the psychoticness of being a mother. Can I get an amen, can I get an amen mothers? Amen, amen. You you walk through a grocery store and you see a mother uh, pushing a carriage. You better get out the way. <laughs> that lady will jack you up. <laughs> Whatever's part of your in group, you understand how in group people, people in your people in group think, how they dress, how they process information. If you are, if someone of your out group, you do not know. You do not know. I don't care how many experiences you have you do not know. So whatever is your out-group, you don't know what you're talking about. So once you define your in-group, out-group, you express in-group bias. In-group bias is your tendency to give preferential treatment to people of your in-group. We're gonna put it on the screen. This is all in the book, you get the book. Put it on the screen, Look, check this out. In-group bias your tendency to give preferential treatment to your in-group. We're gonna put a list up there. Okay, we only have one at a time. Okay, I am more comfortable with those who are like me. I am more inclined to spend time socially with those who are like me. I am more patient with those who are like me. I give the benefit of the doubt quicker to those who are like me. I express more grace when mistakes are made by those who are like me. It is easier to communicate with those who are like me. I assume that I will get along easy with those who are like me. I am more willing to go out of my way to help those who are like me. I possess more positive assumptions. Everyone say Assumptions. Say assumptions about people who are like me. By the way, there's a lot of in-groups, a lot of out-groups. Soon we find some commonality with somebody, we all of a sudden, hey. You meet somebody you don't know, you don't, they don't look like you're in your neighborhood, next thing you know, they're playing for your favorite team, hey, they become your in-group. The opposite is true. When someone is your out-group, you have a tendency to do the opposite. Let's read those. The opposite says, I am less comfortable with those who are not like me. I am less inclined to spend time socially with those who are not like me. I am less patient with those who are not like me. I give the benefit of the doubt slower or less to those who are not like me. I express less grace when mistakes are made by those who are not like me. It is more difficult to communicate. And by the way, if you believe it's more difficult to communicate, guess what you won't do? Communicate. (laughs) It is I don't assume I will get along with those who are not like me. If I don't assume I'm going to get along, guess what's going to happen? I'm not even going to try. Next one. I possess less... I'm, I'm I'm less willing to go out of my way to help those who are not like me. I possess less positive assumptions. Everyone say assumptions. Say assumptions about those who are not like me. We'll walk around all day long saying, us, them, us, them, us, them. I'm less comfortable, I'm comfortable. I have less positive assumption, positive assumption. We do that subconsciously. And by the way, it ain't all about this. It's about ideology. It's about gender. It's about what kind of clothes you got, what kind of swag you got, lack of swag, where you live, what kind of house you got. We're always sizing people up. Why? Because the devil's about the vision. So what do we do? Number one, uh, acknowledge that you have blind spots. Please please take these notes. Acknowledge that you have blind spots. A blind spot is your inability to know what you don't even know. If I, I was on vacation a couple years ago, and this guy was in the gym working out. And I could tell he was an athlete and not just someone who's working out. By the way, if, you, if, if you're an athlete, you know you could tell other athletes versus people who are just in the gym working out. Because some people are in the gym just working out. But this dude was an athlete, and I said, But I know he's not a football player because his, he didn't have football legs. What does that mean? See, I've seen football legs in locker rooms for 16 years. I never seen those legs. But I knew he was there. I said, What are you, man? What do you do? He says, I play professional hockey. He had hockey legs. What's that mean? From skating, you just develop the front of the thigh, not the back, because you're not running. So I was like, This is just too hot. You can't run with that top heavy trees you got here. But I know you do something. We were part of an in group of athletes, but he was an group in sport. I knew I didn't know about hockey, so we spent a whole vacation talking about each other's sport. Acknowledge that you have a blind spot. Um, one of the, probably the most important blind spots you have to realize you have is that you can be racially offensive and not necessarily be a racist. Here's why this is important, because if you, if you think that every time someone calls, you, every time you are racially offensive, that that makes you a racist, that's not necessarily true. Now, of course, racists are racially offensive, but you can just say something stupid because you are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I'm trying to, say, trying to keep it keep it basic, like for fifth grade level. You can you can say something that you think is funny, but it's not funny. You can say something that's offensive because you're uncomfortable and you're trying to build a bridge, and you're just you're just an awkward dude. You have no sense of humor. You're not really intelligent that way. And you just kind of ah, I got a black friend, and, and you know you think that's cool, right? <laughs> So, so you got a blind spot. So you have to be able to separate. And by the way, someone tells you that. Just. The, by the way, this is so important because if you can separate the fact that you can be racially offensive and not necessarily be a racist, it gives you room to learn. Now, if you learn it 10 times every day, maybe you are a racist because <laughs> you ain't trying to learn. But you have to give yourself opportunity to say, I didn't know that, then change. Um, there was a guy There's a guy in San Diego, his name is Stephen Jones. He's a, a, a leadership coach. He wrote an article called The right of Privilege. How many of y'all are right-handed? Raise your hand really high. R- really high, just really high. Everywhere you're at, look around the room. Keep your hand up for a minute. Keep, keep your hand up. Look around the room. Like 90% of y'all, right? So keep your hand up, please. Keep your hand up. Work out, please. It's not that long. The world was made by all of y'all for all of y'all. Put your hands down. How many of y'all left hand? I'm lefty. Where's my hand group? Where's my hand group? Yes. Come on, lefty. Yes. Yes. We are the minority. We are subjected to your right hand world. I'm gonna prove it to you. When you went to school, you just, oh, look at the desk. It's just ready for me. You got to put your elbow here and just write your notes. Hey, what's up, girl? How you doing? How you doing? I'm like, yo, girl, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to draw my name, okay? Can I get amen lefties? Come on, can I get amen lefties all out there? Okay, so if you're right-handed, you can go to any golf shop. Get a driver the first time. You got options. We got order on Amazon. When I was a kid, the only Amazon was in Brazil. You couldn't get it, there was no Amazon. If you're right, you can go to get a catchers mitt, play softball catch with your daughter, your son, and you can go the first time and get a right-handed catchers mitt. There's never been a left-handed catchers mitt in the World Series ever. Wow. Not because it's left-handed; It just has to happen. So there's very few. So I'm driving around town looking for my catchers mitt so I can play with my son. And you've you've been playing for days, and you're called, and, and I'm like, I can't, I can't find a catchers mitt. And you go, you must be making it up. You, you, I got mine. What was so hard about it? You you must be exaggerating. It's not that hard to get a job. It's called right privilege. <laughs> Let us sink in. Let us sink in. It's okay. Let us sink in. Some of y'all are like, should I be offended right now? <laughs> the world was made by right-handed people for right-handed people. It doesn't necessarily mean that it was malicious against the left-handed people, necessarily. But what you should do as a right-handed believer is make sure the lefties get the same opportunity you have. Not complicated. Number two, rename those people brother, sister, or neighbor. The greatest commandment in the Bible says, love God with your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Let me rephrase it. This is Jesus talking. I'm just going to rephrase it. I'm going to pray Jesus for a minute. We good? Okay, I'm going to do it. Before y'all get anything, before you do anything, before you start talking about you know me, this is Jesus talking, love me, which means do what I say, and love your neighbor as yourself. Don't be telling me how much Hebrew you know and you know, how, much, how big your church is and I got a big church and all that stuff and how much your car is and who you know, love me and love your neighbor. That's the, that's the number one thing. If you do that, everything else, all the dominoes fall. So why is there so much division in the church? Because we created a loophole. We changed the verse. We said, love God with your heart, mind, and soul, and love whoever I deem to be my neighbor. So if I rename you with a label less than neighbor, I don't need to love you. If I call you a white this, a black this, an immigrant, illegal, whatever, if I just give you a name that dehumanize you, when I was little, we used to watch Cowboys and Indians. I'm sure y'all watched Cowboys and Indians. I was about the Indians. They were brown, girls were cute, they had long hair. <laughs> but they were savages. They weren't people. They were savages. You, we were told that. We were savages. When you watch the news, know this, the news, all of it, has an agenda to make money on division. They're going to tell you how to think for us against them. And they're going to give you labels that dehumanize people so you, have a, you can be self-justified to hate them. Because once you dehumanize someone, you give yourself permission to mistreat them or allow them to be mistreated way worse than you would want someone treated who you consider us. And so for us as believers, we have to say, that is my neighbor, that is my neighbor, that is my neighbor, that is my neighbor, that is my neighbor. We have to see people first the way God tells us to see them. Because if we see people the way way media, our culture tells us, then we're saying, well, I don't need to love you like the Bible. I don't need to love you like the Bible. I need to avoid you. I need to not not even try to talk to you. No, The Bible says, love your neighbor. And and you say, well, well, who's my neighbor? Ask Jesus. There was a story about a Samaritan guy. (laughs) Y'all remember that story? (laughs) Number three, give in-group love to your out-group. Whenever you walk into a room, decide that everybody in that room is your in-group. You can create in-group. All of y'all part of my in-group and I can give you a hundred reasons why. I don't have time to give you a hundred. give you five, you're human. You're made in the image of God. You can't wait to get to sleep tonight. (laughs) You want to have good relationships. You want to know your purpose. I mean, I can just keep going. So we have, we love to laugh. You're part of my in-group. And if we just focused on that, amazing things would happen. Number four, acknowledge your brother, sister's color. Acknowledge people's color. I know that some of you want to say, I don't see color. I remember the first time someone told me that. They said, I don't see color. I was like, that's jacked up. You don't see red, blue, yellow, green? No, no, no. I don't see your color. I was like, oh, snap. So how do you know I have a color you shouldn't see if you don't see color? I'm like, confused. Help me. (laughs) I, I, I get the sentiment. I want to treat everybody the same. That's not the way to say it. Your eyes process, your, your brain processes like 10 million bits of information per second. Your brain processes about 10 million bits of information per second, and 90% of that comes through your eyes. 90. Shape, motion, depth, texture, even things that happen, your eyes will process things, your brain will make it turn into an emotion. And one of the things your eyes process. It's color. You can't not see color. Even if you were colorblind, you would see gray. That's a color. Even if you close your eyes, you see black. That's a color. You cannot see color. I, I was talking to this young, one lady, uh, young lady, this white lady. She, she was a friend of mine. She went to Kauai. She got a tan. She laid out seven days to get a tan. Just so you know, to us black people, that's funny when y'all lay and get a tan, but I'm just saying. It's like a billion dollar business to be what you say is inferior. But that's another story. I'm just saying. <laughs> We're like. <laughs> so, but with this, this girl, she got a tan. She got a tan and she came back and she was trying to get this guy to call her and she had a little spaghetti strap and she was like, boop, boop, throwing it at him, boop, boop. And she was complaining to me because he wasn't saying anything to her. I'm like, you, it's so amazing how you celebrate this tan you got in Hawaii. But a tear that someone gets in the womb, we invalidate. Oh. And here's the thing. God made it. So you're telling God, God, you messed up. God didn't mess up. God, it, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was listening to the, 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 the great theologian and philosopher. You might know him. He has a lot of content out. Theologian, philosopher. Just a genius. His name is Fred G. Sanford. So uh, he got robbed, and he and, and the cops came and said, you know, what's up, Fred G.? He says, well, what, what? And, the, and the white cop and the black cop came. And by the way, if you're too young to know who Fred G. Sanford is, he was on a show called Sanford and Son. Okay, and he was a junk man, and and in South Central Los Angeles, and the, the, he, a white cop and a black cop will come to his house and, and the white cop said "Fruster Sanford was the perpetrator colored and he goes yeah he was colored white here's the thing the devil says white people and people of color white's are color matter of fact white people white people <laughs> I'm talking about white people <laughs> are more colored than colored people here's why in the springtime you're white I'm just saying summertime it could be brown or red just depends when you get cold you turn blue that's four colors right there we got brown and burgundy we got two options that's all we got Number five, view every conversation as a race consultation. Every conversation as a race consultation. Why? Because you do see color. And by the way, by you seeing someone and say, oh, they're white, they're Asian, or maybe I don't even know what they are, just whatever. That's just your brain processing information. The problem comes is when you have these assumptions based on your social narrative. The social narrative is a story that shaped how you see the world it 's the information you receive from your parents and your culture. It tells you what news to watch and how to interpret the news. It's the problem is when that information, that filter becomes fact to you that 's the problem. but you can, you can make your assumption and then put it over here and have a race consultation. A race consultation is where you allow the person to self disclose to you what they 're about because I know that if you if you decide to live out the third option and say, "Listen, this us versus stem stuff, I got to get to know people." I gotta start taking the realize I got blind spots, give myself opportunity to learn what the right hand and the left hand. And by the way, if you're left-handed, you don't know about the right hand. Yeah. We don't know, but we can get to know. And if I start labeling people as neighbor, brother, sister, hey bro, that don't that dude don't need to be black. He's everybody's your bro. And if I say you were made in the image of God, you were made in the image of God, and we intentionally. Give our heart and commit our hearts to the well-being of our neighbors. Politics is not gonna do it, never. Wasn't designed to. The Spirit of God only changes hearts.